expectations. I'm dead fresh. I might pull up in a casket. You be looking sweet like a fucking fruit basket. Spit a couple raps. I get a check and Johnny Cash. Should I snap? We gotta uh, be careful. I think we're gonna get. Uh, we <laughs> we we could get sued. I don't know. Yeah, copyright infringement. It was like I think it's like 15 or 20 seconds. So yeah. you just get like it just gets muted or something. I don't know. We're probably fine. We just lose any potential uh, revenue off that video if it's that you know, but. I heard you, like, all Tampa people know each other. Young Gravy, he's like Tampa folklore <laughs> yeah, at this he's, point. He's a hero. He's a you hero, should, yeah. So, if you put a good word in for us, I think we'll be okay. Yeah. Like, hey, man. <laughs> yeah, just uh, just uh, hit him up on his pager. Um, I think that's how go. he communicates with people. Yeah. Um, or, call, or call your mom. Probably pick up. Yeah, that's true. He probably knows her as well. He is big into moms. I've heard that. Big into moms. Big mom guy. Big mom guy. <laughs> Yeah, I, you like, gotta have mad respect for him though, because he said like in an interview a couple weeks ago, like if I ever see Addison Ray's mom, it's on site, and then he takes her to the VMAs. Yeah, man, like just it's an absolute power, <laughs> just, just pure respect, honestly, oh, epic proportions. Yeah, just nothing but respect for my president. <laughs> I'm gonna actually that reminds me of a note. I'm gonna add that to my mental notes and add it later on in the episode. It's a good one. Thank you what for about, reminding me, I fellas. His mom? No, um, just same same vein. I'll make it come full circle. Just kind of like how we do with these intros, and just <clears> like that, folks, we're back for season two of Friends and Low Expectations. What a time to be alive! We've given you five glorious off-season epi- episodes, culminating in a two-hour draft special, which is. A new record for us. So if you listen to the entire episode, thank you. You're a saint. Um, Draft extravaganza. More like yeah, that. that was that was a beast. That was uh, a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad to be back. Glad to be back with uh, our regular content, regular you know weekly episodes. Uh, for those of you who don't know who I am at this point, uh, my name is the Commish. Oh yes, Daddy. Uh, I can't stop. Thank you for that, Philly. Um, I'm joined, as always, by my trusty co-host Keith. Vodka, whiskey, beer, tequila, more beer, more vodka, more whiskey, and more beer. And as always, on the ones and twos, our super producer, Philly. Well, Dak, here's the deal. I'm the best there is, plain and simple. I mean, I wake up in the morning, I piss excellence, and nobody can hang with my stuff. I'm starting to think that you only switch mine up and not Keith's or yours. No, he switched mine. mine Keith's a brand new one. Yeah, yours gets cooler every time. Mine just gets fucking weirder. <laughs> okay, so I spend so much time trying to figure out like keeps is easy. If I can just find something that has to do with beer, that's 
that's keeps. I mean, it's pretty simple. And there's like four different Stone Cold ones I could do. Yeah. Yours is difficult because for like for Friday, I mean, there's a song you probably don't want to hear anymore. Um, there's nothing really for a commish. Um, I've even looked up. You could like, just get me being booed like uh, by uh, sure by uh, like Roger Goodell. The, the, the dat NFL the NFL draft music that dun, 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 and then just boom. <laughs> I tried finding Roger Goodell uh, ones. Um, there's nothing really there, or nothing that you'd be able to tell it's Robert Goodell. Um, so I did a <laughs> the yes, Daddy, because uh, you uh, destroyed me in fantasy this week. So um, that's a that's a tribute. You should be honored. I appreciate that. Your well, Father's Day card will be in the mail a little bit late this year, but you'll get one. Maybe. <laughs> Yeah, I was say it's uh, you're a little a little late on that, but speaking of uh, scores and uh, things that happened this week, uh, Keith, what's what's up on our first segment? I know this oh, is like a, a personal favorite of yours. We are we are so back. How you know we're so back is we got the two minute drill, man. Oh my god, I'm amped for this one. I I was I was getting all giddy writing them earlier today. Actually, in fairness, I wrote a couple of them yesterday because those matchups were already over. Um, but finishing those up today, I was like, oh, man, I'm just so jazzed. So. For for Love our first-time listeners, could you kind of give us a rundown of what the two-minute drill is and uh, what we're trying to accomplish in our record? Absolutely. Mate? I don't know if, if you have – do we have our record? I don't even know. We'd have to go back and find I it think, probably. I think our best was like 154. I mean, yeah. I meant like our record for like times um, that we've – that's probably. I I know we finished last season well above five hundred. Um, let's bat let's bat a thousand this year, boys. Okay, I, I think I think we can do it. But yeah, for those at home listening for the first time, the two minute drill is our <laughs> weekly summary inspired by none other than Chris Berman's um, Monday Night Football two minute drill. So we give you a quick wrap up of what happened in the league this week. Try to summarize each of the matchups and let you know. Uh, let you know what's what in low expectations. So with that in mind, I am so excited. I got my timer ready. You let me know when you boys are ready. We'll cue you, we'll you in. Are you starting or am I starting? <clears throat> I'll start. Okay. Oh, that was beautiful. All right, boys. We're getting her going. The Michael Carter three versus the fighting house plants. The house plants came out swinging with a monster outing from Josh Allen, while the Carter three started Cam Akers, who brought in zero points. Ultimately, the dud by Akers cost Carter three the game, with James Robinson and Michael Carter on the bench scoring enough to deliver a win. House plants over Carter three, 121-105. Devontae's Inferno versus the Magic School Bus. Devontae's Inferno broke the scoring wide open on Thursday night with a big game from Stephon Diggs, and they never looked back. Huge outings from Patrick Mahomes and Clydro rendered strong outings from School Bus trio of stud receivers useless. Devontae's Inferno tops Magic School Bus 154-131. The fellas in the Jets versus Kraft's personal masseuse. The fellas in the Jets went all in on the Broncos this season, and that strat just might pay off in the long run, but it certainly didn't this week. Kraft's personal masseuse got a strong game, got strong games from Lamar, DeAndre Swift, and AJ Brown, and that was all we needed. The fellas in the Jets came up just short on a miss by Brian McManus that would have won the game for Joe's beloved Broncos and the fellas in the Jets. KPM knocks out edges out the Jets 135-132. Bunghole Burglars versus Kamara's Gridiron Gang. Kamara's Gridiron Gang got huge gains from Cooper Cup and Michael Pittman, and that was all it took to dispatch the Burglars in a disappointing start uh, to their season. That sees everyone on the roster but Nick Chubb fall short of projections. Gridiron Gang over the Burglars, 115-87. 
Death Taxes and Kickers versus Heinz on my Johnson. Death Taxes Kickers came out and jumped all over the league's best record holder from a year ago. Strong games from Justin Herbert, A.J. Dillon, Devontae Adams, and Travis Kelsey. Put this one out of the reach for the Johnsons, who saw a rather disappointing start to their season with all but Saquon Barkley, Jalen Hurts, and Jerry Judy having let down games. DTK knocks off the Johnsons, 147-123. Guys... I'm pretty sure we just set a new a new a new two minute drill record. You got are you guys ready for this? Yeah. Make sure make sure you have something to clean up the mess you're about to make. One minute <laughs> and forty seconds. Wow. Jeez. <laughs> One new pair of trousers for me, please. <clears throat> yep. I'm gonna have to add that to the Amazon cart. Get that Put it on a tab. Make sure you get the Amazon basics. Good price, high quality. Wow. Amazon, that... please sponsor. Thank you. Hashtag not sponsored. <laughs> Yeah, we have a no compete with Amazon. <laughs> That's a bummer. <laughs> Listen, our focus is is Coors Light number one, forty seven brand number two. So, in that order, in, in that exact order. But excellent start to the year, boys. Excellent Great start to the year, boys. I, Sam, I really felt like you could have slowed it down just a tad, but I do appreciate the hustle there. Um, you know, I was worried, man. I was a little nervous. I, I was nervous that we were going to be rusty, and I was like, shit, I'm going to have to make sure I'm adding up. And then I saw you keep adding like first names to players that you'd normally only listed their last names. And I'm like, Oh man, that's an extra, extra second there, extra mm-hmm. second there. I was like, I'm going to, sl- I'm going to got to make up for make up some ground there. But uh, I think you no, kind of money. Don't make money. I appreciate the quick start. You came out like the Buffalo bills. There's no question about it. Um, starting fast and absolutely hammering away. And uh, we just, we just set a new, a new, a new league record. So great. <laughs> I'm here for Love it. it. So that that wraps up our our two minute drill. Next piece we're going to talk about. Um, obviously, week one brought a lot about a lot of. Uh, I don't know if it's very telling or if it's uh, a lot left to be seen. Uh, Keith mentioned it throughout the two minute drill. Lots of uh, disappointing starts for certain players, and other players obviously popped off. Um, and that's going to potentially prompt some moves on the waiver hour this week. So we're going to talk through some targets, some potential drops. And uh, go from there and hopefully provide people some uh, some advice that we might have for you. Yeah. Keith, you, you want me to start? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this first one is mine. I wrote this one down. This is probably a bit of a stretch still at this point. But um, I, I like Taysom Hill here as a potential pickup. Um, oh, you and yeah, I, we... the bitch. <laughs> You and I, you and I discussed this a little bit before we started recording. Um, I, I really, it's the versatility factor that we like. The fact that he's now listed as a tight end, and we can play our tight ends at flex. Um, we saw he really um, broke, at least from a scoring perspective, broke the game open as a runner. He's probably not going to get many catches um, and you know receiving touchdowns, but um, the fact that he is incorporated regularly in the run game, especially around the goal line. Um, and you can play him as a tight end in the flex, um, really could make him an attractive option for somebody who, you know, I think two years ago, um, Joe grabbed him off the waivers and, and he was listed as a quarterback running back tight end. And Joe started him in his tight end slot and got like a 20 point game out of him. So, um, I think, uh, I think he's, he, his versatility and the fact that we can now start tight ends as a flex, make him a, a play that might be worth picking up. So I think, yeah, hot, I, hot, hot, hot. We did. We talked about this earlier, and I, I'm I'm not necessarily sold on Taysom quite, and I think that's kind of the the pieces that we talked about on on the flip side of the coin. Um, Keith did 
Keith, you're absolutely right. He brings a lot of versatility of what he can do. He's that gadget player. Uh, who knows if we're going to see him throw the ball at all this year or not. And that adds a kind of a, an uncertainty to his game that, that could potentially be appealing to some. Um, but on the, like I said, on the flip side, I think he was only on the field for 25% of the snaps, had one catch on two targets for two yards. Um, and most of his points came from like a 60 or 70 yard run in the touchdown, obviously. So it'll be interesting to see. They also have uh, Adam Troutman. I'm not sure if he's hurt or not. And then also Juwan Johnson, uh, tight ends on that roster. So there's uh, that, that's, that. I think that's been the biggest question mark for me looking at the Saints uh, this year is like, what are they going to do at tight end? And I don't think the Saints know what they're doing at tight end still. Um, they're probably pretty content with uh, Slant Bitch and, uh, you know, Jarvis Landry. Uh, both of them had pretty, pretty great games. And then obviously the new addition of Chris Olave. So they've yeah, got, yeah, weapons, at, they've got weapons at wide receiver um so like i said the tight end has really been a question mark for them since what jared cook left and uh i mean even heck even probably before jared cook but um so yeah i think it's a risk but it's one that could pay off like i said Taysom is a big question mark for me um but we'll see what happens um the one that the one that i like for this week and uh, it'll be interesting to see how his season progresses as someone who came alive really last year um, in the wake of uh, King Henry's injury, uh, kind of toward the end of the season. The 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 Titans had a kind of a carousel um, at running back last year with uh, Devon, Deontay Foreman, uh, shoot McNichols. Yeah, Jeremy, um, McNichols. Jeremy McNichols, AP for a brief period of time as well before he got cut. Um, and the one who kind of came out of the, the back at the, the at that at the end of it was Dontrell Hilliard. Um, he was kind of the I love it. He's the like jack of all trades. Uh, he's a great pass catching back, and he kind of put that um, on display this week. He had two touchdowns on four targets for three receptions, sixty one yards. Uh, he didn't carry the ball too much. He had two attempts for eight yards, but really where the most of his points are going to be coming from is from that receiving threat and seeing that uh, I'm not necessarily in love with what the, the Titans have at receiver. Uh, and we saw that Traylon Burks had some, some good utilization this weekend. Uh, the one I thought that was going to have great utilization uh, was Robert Woods and he didn't at all. I think he had like 1.6 fantasy points. I couldn't tell you his stats right off the, the top of my head, uh, but it was uh, kind of surprising for a guy who people thought would come in. Granted, maybe he's hindered by that that ACL that he's coming back from or what, but uh, people were definitely expecting a lot more from him. And like I said, this is where Dontrell Hilliard really brings that, that added value as a pass catcher. Um, and that really paid off. So it'll be interesting to see how this kind of continues. And the, the next week's obviously tough, tough matchup against Buffalo. Um, and uh, be interesting to watch his snap percentage, his, how many percent of the snaps he's on the field for. He's only on the field against the Giants for 18%. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if he can continue that or maybe have that rise. He's definitely going to be a boomer bust. So uh, proceed with caution. Yeah. Yeah, I like I like this one for a couple reasons, and that's mo the biggest one is that Derrick Henry isn't utilized in the passing game very much, um, and so you you have a guy like Dontrell Hilliard 
Um, if he can increase his snap count and um, percent of snaps that he's on the field, he adds that, you know, that added dimension that really Derrick Henry just isn't involved with. Um, but yeah, I mean, the big, the big operating, <laughs> operating term there just definitely goes to, you know, he's going to be a stash play that you want to just keep an eye on. And and the thing of the note that I added is he might just be worth keeping away from everybody else. Um, you know, he may not be a guy that you use, but he's one of those guys that at the end of the year, you know, you could just be happy you have him and nobody else does. So who knows? Let's talk about some drops now. I think, I think the first one, Keith is going to be kind of a recurring thing around the league in terms of, what this position looks like. We already talked about it with an ad. So talk to me more about what you got for this first guy. Yeah. My pick here is uh, Mike Giusecki. Um, and I want to be abundantly clear here. Tight ends are still a premium in a 10 man league. Um, there's no, there's no doubt about that. But um, if you really followed Dolphins camp and the Dolphins off season, um, you really listen to um, the rumor mill, which was Mike Giusecki was not going to be as involved in the past game. Um, and in fact, there was one that was, there was a report that I saw from sleeper, I don't know, maybe early, early to mid August that was like, they don't want to use him a lot, a lot in the passing game. And he's going to be hard pressed to come by targets. And, um, really after week one, um, that, that really proved to be true. I think he ended up with just one target, one reception. Um, and so, that's just really tough usage on an offense that features two guys who can take a lot of pressure off of you and who are going to garner a lot of attention um, to not be utilized like that in the past game. Granted, um, the score doesn't really indicate the score of the Dolphins past game doesn't really indicate um, just how close it was. I think Miami only scored one offensive touchdown. Um, and so, you know, you see 20 to seven and you think Miami worked them, but really I don't think that was the case, but um Unless the offense just becomes more explosive, I think Jacecki's targets are going to be hard to come by because um, those are definitely all – the majority of them are going to go to Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell. So I think if you if you are looking at tight ends, um, Taysom Hill could be an option for you. Even Gerald Everett looked like he had a pretty good game for the Chargers. He might be a good pickup. Um, I just think there are other tight ends around the league that are probably worth more um, on your roster than Mike Jacecki, but – you know, it's still very early in the season, right? And I think when you're talking about this early in the season, we we're going to do an over overreaction, underreaction segment here later. But you're you're making guesses right at this point. Like you really have no feel for what's going on. So who knows? Uh, maybe hang on to him for another week or two just to see what things look like. But I have a feeling this one's going to be going to be a drop this week, if not very very soon. I think you make some some great points there, and it's interesting. I was I was looking at the, the Dolphins depth chart uh, just to see you know who else they had on on their roster. Um, funny enough, the guy who they have listed as the second string tight end, Durham Smythe, uh, he was actually on the field more of the time than uh, Gasecki was, and so Gasecki was on the field forty two percent of the time. Smythe was on the field sixty three percent of the time. I mean. You, you know, you look at it and they had both of them only had one reception. Durham had the, the extra target. But yeah, that that that's going to be an interesting, uh, interesting position to watch moving forward. You brought up Gerald Everett, I think is a great target. The other one that I was uh, I was kind of surprised by uh, who had a pretty good game last week was uh, O.J. Howard, former Alabama yep. tight end, uh, Bucks tight end. Uh, hey, he, had, what, think, like, he had two touchdowns as well, didn't he? 
yeah uh, but again like the stats I, it's hard to it's hard to make anything of it at this point right like he's in competition with i think it's brevin jordan your miami guy right keith mm-hmm. uh but so oj was only on the field 17 percent of this time had two targets two receptions two touchdowns so you know again boom or bust yeah. <clears throat> so it, it's just hard to hard to make anything out of it right now the the I think I think tight ends are a premium in a ten man league is is more relevant than ever. Um, looking at this, uh, especially this week, and kind of uh, I think there's a, a massive talent gap um, from the you know maybe the first four <laughs> to the rest of the league. Yeah, so, for sure. Because yeah. like, even looking at my tight ends of uh, Dallas Goddard and uh, Pat Fryermuth, I was not necessarily blown away by by their production um i think dallas had I, thought pat, I thought pat had actually had a really good game yeah um, he did i think the, i think the target, a lot of the target share the target share is really what's promising there yeah a lot but of his points came in he's got a good uh, relationship I think with mitch a good good percentage of his point or at least probably a third of his points came in overtime too which which probably helps if that game doesn't go to overtime maybe it's a different story but um yeah it'll be interesting to look at uh, a lot of tight ends this this week. Uh, late this week, I think. Um, who's another one that I was impressed with? I think that's it right now. Maybe Disley. I don't know. Disley had a relatively good game. He had a touchdown. So there's going to be a lot of these boomer bust tight ends, and I think that's what we're going to keep our eye on. Um, the next one that we have for drop, and I think this one can be more than any. It can be probably a lot of different players, um, but it's going to be, I'm not even, I don't know if I'm necessarily going to say one, but it's going to be who you're going to drop for those players who've gotten injured and go into the IR. Is it going to be, are we going to see uh, Elijah Mitchell uh, get dropped or go to the IR? Cause he's, uh, he's been actually added to the IR. Um, I don't think Dak Prescott necessarily would be a, a drop candidate, but he could, right. Um, he during his uh what how many quarters did he play three and a half maybe almost close to mm-hmm. probably three or three three and a half uh he wasn't necessarily like the bucks defense i would say was decent but they weren't anything that was going to be uh suffocating and uh dak really just looked uncomfortable um and i think that showed and then obviously now with a broken i think he had surgery on his hand on his thumb he's going to be out at least for Jerry Jones just says he's going to be back in four weeks. Um, everyone else is saying six to eight weeks, and that could be upwards of nine to 10, depending on if he sits out the uh, bye week and comes back after their bye week, which I think is week nine. So there's, there's lots of possibilities there, but I think it's uh, who do you make that decision of, of who do you drop for, you know, in these situations and who do you pick up? So there's lots of, uh, Lots of potential there and lots of knee jerk reactions. But at the end of the day, we're only in week one. And I think that's something to, to keep in mind, right? And I think we're going to we're gonna come up on uh, some overreactions and underreactions. But uh, I think don't, don't necessarily uh, make those drops quite yet because there's still a lot, uh, a lot of football left and a lot of things that can happen during that time. Yeah, I think I think the reason why I put Dak Prescott on our list today to talk about is number one, it it has really less to do with the injury and more so just to do with the fact that like before he got hurt, he just didn't look good. 
Um, and it's become painfully <clears throat> obvious that no one it's be, it's become it's going to probably become more and more obvious that no one is afraid of the Cowboys receiving threats if if CD Lamb is their only guy. And so um the Bucks just absolutely smothered CD and there was just nobody else really there. I mean Dalton Schultz, Dalton Schultz got a couple pretty good looks. Um there was just nobody there to take the pressure off of CD and you know, he didn't, on top of that, he just didn't really look good before he got hurt anyway. Now he's out. Um, the other big reason why I added him to the list was he's a backup for Fred. Fred doesn't need him. And so, you know, if there's a guy out there who, you know, Fred's not talking about, Fred doesn't engage with the group very much as it is. So, you know, pretty much any guy he picks up is going to be, you know, an under the radar target. But, um, you know, if there's a guy out there that Fred wants, Dak Prescott's an easy drop target because he's going to be out you know, four to as many as, you know, 16 <clears throat> weeks and he's got Lamar anyway. Um, and if you're, if you're only keeping him for Lamar's bye week you can probably find a guy who's just as good as Dak um, for, <laughs> to stream for that week anyway. So. Yeah. I was going to yeah. say Carson, Carson Wentz had a pretty, uh, pretty good week one. He'd probably be a good filler. I mean, granted. Yeah. Carson, Carson, you could have very well added to the, to the ad list. Cause he had yeah. himself a great game and 35 fantasy, really 35 fantasy points, a uh, mm -hmm. little over 50% completion, uh, four touchdowns, two interceptions. And you know, that's, you're going to get that with Carson. looks like he wasn't scrambling as much. Uh, he only got sacked once again, talking about the Jacksonville defense. So, you know, do with it what you will, but uh, we'll see what we'll see what I don't know. They don't really have necessarily. It'll be interesting to see them against the Eagles and maybe the Titans, but the the Commanders have a pretty pretty easy start to the season, um, all things considered. So definitely a good definitely a good player if you're quarterback uh, needy, and even heck, Geno Smith had a. I mean, all things considered, pretty good outing against a relatively good Broncos defense so that could be another option there too he only missed five passes last night which is saying something so. yeah and that's going to take us into our, our next segment of, we've talked a little bit about it already but let's talk about some some over and under reactions to to week one both in friends and low expectations and uh, the NFL in general yeah, Philly. Philly, you've been a little quiet today. You want to kick us off with uh, your over under reactions? Um, yeah. Um, uh, under reaction um, is going to be spurned by um, an overreaction. <laughs> uh, in this, so in here, the Lions are the best offense in the NFC North. Definitely an overreaction. Underreaction. The Vikings have the best uh, offense in the NFC North, and the Vikings are, in my mind, a legitimate uh, NFC Championship at least contender on the season. Um, I think the Vikings, as a longtime Vikings fan, um, I've lived through a lot of pain and hurt and suffering, and um, I probably will have a heart problem or two um, between them and LSU, and so... For us to come out week one, it's the first time we've been over 500 in 900 days. Think about that. 900 days we're, we are over 500 for the first time. We came out 
against Aaron Rodgers. I know that his receiving core is depleted, but that's never impacted him before. He's always been Aaron Rodgers, even when he's not had a Devontae Adams. Um, and what it was supposed to be the team that's going to win the division. And the Packers never really looked like they could hold a candle to us the whole the whole game. So um, I think the Vikings offense is going, I don't know that it's going to set records, um, but uh, I think Justin Jefferson will break Cooper Cup's record, receiving record this year. Um, I just, you watch the first game and it's basically, oh, hey, do you see what I did with Cooper Cup last year? Yeah, I'm going to do the same thing here. Um, so I that's that's my, uh, I guess maybe a bit of an over and an under reaction uh, in the NFL world. Um, in the fantasy world, um, do, do we want this to be team specific or player specific? Or does it matter? You can do whatever you want with it. Yeah, man. World's your oyster. <laughs> well, well, well. I love to hear it. Um, okay, so I'm I'm struggling here um, because it's week one, right? And it's it's hard to tell. There's obviously some letdowns that happened week one that um, we weren't expecting. There's some. Um, there's some really great performances that maybe we weren't expecting. Um, I'm going to say that I think Joe Burrow finishes as the top three quarterback, despite um, how terrible he looked in the first half of the game. <laughs> um, and I think DeAndre Swift finishes as a top two running back um, in the league. <laughs> uh <laughs> <laughs> Bubba, <sorry>. All right. <laughs> uh, Keith's cat is just sitting over his shoulder, just staring holes he into our like, hearts. He looks like he wants to kill somebody. Like Sam, I don't know. What, I don't know what you're doing right now, but oh, yeah, man. look at that! He, he moved. Oh my God, <laughs> the eye contact. <laughs> if you wow. know Bubba, he really is probably the sweetest thing you'll ever meet. But he's got a massive resting dick face. And like he, just, <laughs> he always looks like he's pissed. Um, so, ahead, so, so that's my oh, sorry. So I would say for players, I think um, DeAndre Swift. I don't think is an overreaction. I think he um, is. And you said that he's in that high powered East of the Lions that have the best offense in the NFC North. You know, I I do. Th- I don't think they have the best offense, but I do think. They have um, maybe the best current running back, uh, at least in terms of fantasy production, in DeAndre Swift. Um, and then the not uh, the not so probably surprise here um, for the second time in three years, um, one thought moderator we will finish last, uh, and thankfully for him, it, he won't have to spend time in a Waffle House. Instead, he'll have his uh, bunghole. Set on fire. Um, His bunghole is going to be burglared. <laughs> it's going to be burglared. I just, um, or is that burgled? I guess burgled. Yeah. Um, I just don't trust um, enough of his team to be consistent enough. Um, I think there'll be flashes in the pan, and he's just going to have to. It's whether he's going to get lucky that the team he's playing that week has an off week. Um, but I just, I'm, I'm concerned about his firepower there. It'll be interesting. It'll be, well, 
I think it'll be an interesting test for Mo too. Mo, uh, for those of you who don't know Mo, he's he he loves spicy foods. Like he's like the type of guy who goes to you know Buffalo Wild Wings and orders the like the the hot stuff casually. Um, so I'm I'm hoping that if he does make it, you know, if it you know, Lord forbid, does he does lose uh, and ends up in the the I mean formerly known as the the waffle bowl now known as the hot seat uh, it'll be interesting oh, to see I was really hoping you'd save that for the reveal well i'm <laughs> just saying the hot seat like i don't know if that's what we're going to call it instead of the waffle bowl but i put it in there it's trademarked put yeah. it in the agenda <laughs> but, i wow. look up the tm logo <laughs> it'll look uh it'll be interesting to see if that if that challenges them at all so we'll we'll see i'm interested yeah it'll I, who knows I, maybe maybe mo is like falling on the sword for the fellows because he likes spicy food so he's like you know i I enjoy this so why don't i just get last place and you know (laughs) eat some really hot wings who knows maybe maybe mo is the truest embodiment of herda yeah well well, yeah it'll be interesting like you've never met anyone more herda than mo (laughs) no Uh, i think it'll be interesting to see debo how he like debo does this year um blame maybe blame it on field conditions at soldier on on sunday but uh that that niners team did not look great uh and debo only had two receptions 14 yards so make of it what you will you know and kyle pitts looked again he got targeted seven times but when you can only come down with it twice that's uh, not what you want he, he has the talent and obviously having cordero on your bench and Jarvis on your bench probably doesn't help, but, uh, geez, that's going to be a, a tough, a tough hill to climb. If uh, those players can't turn it around. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to talk too much more about Mo cause he may yeah. or may not be featured in a future segment here. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't even look at the segment before <laughs> I said that. So my, my apologies, um, but, but, but yeah, Philly, I, I, I think, um, I think your um, I don't I don't think your note about DeAndre Swift is an overreaction at all. I think that's um, that's very plausible. Um, and we talked a little bit about that on the mock draft pod and whenever um, and when uh, and when he got scooped up. So um, yeah, I will say if I can if I can just add one note about DeAndre Swift, uh, he looked really good um on sunday and as an eagles fan i can i can say that right but the eagles defense also just looked a fucking abysmal on sunday i think uh like they out of like tackling in the league they ranked 32nd out of 32nd on sunday so um Maybe you know i think the detroit lions offense is that good uh <laughs> that's probably part of it um we also didn't play jordan davis like at all i think it was i was reading some stats you know just casual eagle things it was like snaps that jordan davis was on the field the average like rushing yards per gain or per carry was like 2.4 maybe i don't know and when he was off the field it was like eight or nine yards per carry so i think jonathan gannon probably has some work to do so i think it'll be really telling like next week and Maybe they're playing a more competent defense because, like I said, the Eagles' defense looked fucking awful. Um, so we'll see. Like I said, I'm 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 high on him, and it'll be great if the Lions would give him the ball 
uh, you know, on the goal line instead of giving it to Jamal Williams. I think he had did Jamal Williams have two two touchdowns and both of them are like from the one. So yeah. if, if Swift gets those, like that's an extra twelve points, right? So I mean, he has a, even more of a monster game than he already had. So like I said, I think he's a that's that's where the that's what the increase in the ceiling to me is. That's why like I, I feel like you know I don't I don't I actually don't know if that's an if it's an under or an overreaction about about him finishing top two, but. I mean, to your point, if if he gets those those goal line carries instead of Jamal Williams, you know he has twelve more points added on. Well, you know maybe maybe a little bit more, but he already had a monster game. So if he can put up those numbers without getting the touchdowns, you know mm-hmm. a lot of times with the running back, you're concerned about you know other other vultures and and if they're going to get enough yards to really make it to make it matter. But he's such a dynamic player catching out of the balls out of the backfield. Uh, his ability, you know, kind of an open space to make people miss and and extend plays. I just he's just kind of a monster. Um, let's talk some like I think we probably have we can spend a little bit more time on this, Keith. And I maybe I don't even know if I want to spend too much time on this, but I want to get like let's do some. Uh, can we do some quick hitters on some players that uh, people might be over or underreacting on? I think a good one to for for you maybe. And like I said, you can just let's spend like you know, one sentence on a person each, but uh, start with like uh, Cam Akers. Is that his, is his zero point something to worry about? Yeah. Um, no, I, I like this idea. A little segment on the fly. Um, I, I think as, as Cam Akers owner, current owner right now, um, I think it's probably, it's probably a little bit of both. Like it's probably not nothing that in a game where they couldn't get anything going, um, they didn't really utilize Cam Akers at all, um, especially when it seemed like all the reports coming out of the offseason was that Cam Akers was the guy. Um, and then pretty much really out of nowhere, like an RKO, he Daryl Henderson just <clears throat> starts and takes up all the targets and all the carries out of the backfield, which, um, you know, who knows? Um, but the other side of that is, I mean, the Bills just absolutely dominated him, and they really just took him out of the game pretty early. Um, it was it it was close at half, but it really, in my opinion, it wasn't as close as the score indicated. I think it was what ten seven or maybe even tied seven seven at half. And I mean the the Rams just had the one scoring drive, but the rest of the half they just looked overwhelmed. And so, you know, how much of that is okay? We got taken out of our game plan early on, and we just had to throw all the time. In which case, maybe then the question becomes like. Rather than Cam Akers, are we worried about him? Are we should we be worried about Allen Robinson when they threw the ball that many times and Allen Robinson had like four catches on you know five or six targets? You know, does that does that become the actual worry? Who knows? Um, but like I said, I also don't think it's nothing that um, you know in a game where they got dominated and nothing was working that they didn't try to use him at all. So. That's one I'm probably going to ride it out at least another week or two. I spent a third round pick on him, so I'd like to believe that, um, you know, that, hey, maybe it's just a, a one week hiccup or, you know, um, you know, it could just be that the bills are just that much better. Um, but who, who knows? Um, I think I, I think it's I, I'm torn on it right now. I'm, I'm in I'm in wait and see mode on Cam Akers. I'll tell you, he's not going to be in my starting lineup. <laughs> Let's, but I don't know uh, that I'm ready to drop him just yet. Let's do some quick hitters. So just say, let's say I'm going to list out a name, and you're going to say if you're if you if if 
the owner should worry about him or if it's uh, something you should just write off as. I want to, I want to do one for you first though, Okay. before we do it. Same thing. Quick hitter. Devonta Smith. Don't worry about it. I got one for Philly. Travis Etienne. Don't worry about it. Shoot. I had another one. Um, Oh, Philly for you. Uh, Dawson Knox. Kind of worry about it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh he's my number one i don't know my backup is uh not good <laughs> so um, um here's the, I, for, I, for the for the group not about um not about any one of our teams aaron Rodgers. don't worry about it don't worry about it aaron Rodgers did the same thing week one last year and he turned out fine so um okay another one quick for the group um should we should people be worried about Justin Herbert spreading the ball as effectively as he did. Fantasy owners for wide receivers, I guess. Don't don't worry about it. The they'll get theirs. Worry about it if you have anyone other than Keenan Allen. He's out for at least this week, so. Sure, but I mean, I think, when he I gets think, back, I think that game looks it, a lot different if Keenan Allen plays the entire game because Keenan Allen was on a monster pace when he got hurt, um, and so he he would have easily gotten me twenty twenty five points. So I I would I lean towards don't worry about it um, because if and when Keenan Allen is healthy and stays healthy, um, he's going to attract a lot of attention. That's going to open things up for everybody else. So I think let me see, they targeted. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven different receivers on Sunday. So just kind of a. I, mean, I Justin say Herbert, I say don't worry because Justin there's there, he's, Justin Herbert's good. There's no way they're going to continue to target that many people every week because eventually, if you keep targeting that many people, it keeps the defense honest, and then that's going to lead to one-on-one matchups. And there's enough talent at those positions that uh, those one-on-one matchups will burn them. So I wouldn't worry about it. This was fun. We'll have to. Maybe this is something we keep doing as a like a quick hitter yeah. segment. Of I, got, I got. I got one more before we go. All right. Okay. All right. One more, and then we move on. CD Lamb. Worry about it. Yeah, I would worry, especially with uh, Cooper Cooper Rush. Uh, yeah, going to be the CD. I had CD last year, who was um, hit or miss with Dak, and hit or miss with Cooper Rush. Uh, I experienced both. Uh, so worry about it because you don't know if you're going to put him up and he's going to score six or 36. Um, and sometimes you have to take the gamble and you lose the gamble. So that's the, yeah, yeah. uh, that's, it's the Mike Williams effect for, yeah, yeah. for, for Sam. He had two targets or two catches off 11 targets for 14 yards. I'll, I'll Thanks. preface this by saying I, I am in the worry category, but I will also, just offer a quick counterpoint, and that is when inexperienced quarterbacks come in for the starter, they tend to go to their best guy more often than the 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 incumbent does because the incumbent is more confident, feels better spreading the ball around. And so I could very easily see Cooper Rush just giving a heavy dose of C.D. Lamb and forcing him the ball. Uh, but I could also see the Cowboys offense just being even worse than they were um, on Sunday night and it looking just – Terrible. So with, with Dak out, if you own Tony Pollard or Zeke, you start both of them. If like not even if you either one, you start them both because they're going to get the little dump passes uh, out in the flat. 
TBH, I yep. like Tony Pollard more than I like Zeke, but yeah, I, a, I know a, that you took him in the anymore. draft. I didn't, didn't want to touch him in. We, there's a reason we didn't touch him in the mock draft. Like mm-hmm. we all knew he was going to go in the third round, but there's a reason we didn't take him in the third round. Right. The three rounds of our mock draft, and, and now you. We saw tried him. to warn y'all. Yeah, he just well. he just doesn't he just doesn't look good. He looks old and worn down, and it's like oh, I just I just don't know what to make of it, you know. Well, let's. Uh, we've talked like a little bit about we've talked a little bit about this already, and uh, we are officially retiring the segment of the show called the Waffle Watch. So it's like it's like a Brett Favre or like a Tom Brady retirement. Like it could come back. It it's come not back. come back this year, but it could come well, back. I'm, I've already started. My, I've already launched my campaign to bring back the Waffle Watch. <laughs> So that, that's going to be, uh, be on the voting rocket for next yeah, year. We're gonna we're gonna rebrand the Waffle Watch for this year, and it's going to be the way too early hot seat. So uh, uh, as we as you know or may not know, uh, the loser of the league this year has to do the Hot Ones Challenge, and thus the naming for this is uh, I don't know what the word I'm looking for. It works. Uh, it's the way too early hot seat. Um, and Keith, you want to, I'll, I'll probably just defer to you on this and let you kind of, we've already talked about it a little bit and, uh, let's spend, you know, a minute or two talking about why this person's on the hot seat. For sure. For sure. Well, to be clear, it, it's just the hot seat. Um, but we're putting way too early in there because in the, in the spirit of overreacting after week one, we're going way too early. Um, the person I got on here is Mo. Um, really, you could pick any one of the five guys who lost this week. Um, and okay, you could, chill, chill. Hey, again, Blow your again, voice. Hey, I lost as well, so you know, chill out, guy. Blow your voice. Um, <laughs> you could you could go with any of the. If we're overreacting, you can go with any of the guys who lost this week and say, "Oh yeah, they're on the hot seat." Um, but when I look through everyone else's losses, um, they're either very close, very competitive, or like for in my case, for example, the scoring was there to, you know, potentially get the win. Like, had I known Cam Akers was not going to start the game, I def- I don't think I would have started James Robinson coming off of an injury, but I definitely would have started Michael Carter there, and that would have given me just enough to squeak out a win. So everybody else who was in the loss column had, you know, either had the opportunity to win or was ultra competitive and scored a lot of points, like Philly and Joe. So I'm going with Mo here because <laughs> – that that eighty five that eighty seven points is just something you can't really look look past. Um, is Tom Brady gonna you know have many twelve point games this season? No, probably not. Um, is Debo gonna give you very many games where he only catches you know two balls for fourteen yards? No, probably not. Um, so you know Kyle Pitts. I mean, an athletic freak gives you two catches for nineteen yards, but um, just overall really. We, we were questionable about Moe's roster construction and his draft strategy. Um, and I think this kind of validates some of those questions about, you know, what really was his line of thinking going double tight end that early. Um, you know, I think we're all kind of pretty much just assuming that's probably trade bait. I know Moe's already entertained a few um, <laughs> offers for Waller. So um, just the really bad, bad scoring performance has me, has me on Moe on the early hot seat. I think that's I think that's super fair. So I don't yeah. I don't think I necessarily need to add anything to that. And with that, my favorite soundbite of the show. Yep. Uh, this thing just changed on me, so it's it's really low. here it is. Mel-tar. Mel-tar.
We love to hear it. We've got it's been a three, long time. We've got three mailbag submissions for this week. Uh, two from Gino, one from Mo. I do. I do just want to say real quick. Um, you know, not not great performance uh, by the fellows with the mailbag. Um, we really want to boost these numbers up. You guys are looking a lot like the Cowboys right now, and we, you know, we want to be looking more like the the Bills out here with these submissions. So you know, same two pump, guys pump who submitted up, uh, same two guys who submitted videos for uh, Meet the Fellas submitted mailbag questions. Wow. I'm seeing a trend. You know what? I think I think I think you're probably right, Sam. We probably should reconsider our guest schedule and only have Mo and Gino because they're really the only ones who who put in the effort here. <laughs> So with that, with that, without further ado, um, Philly, I will defer to you for our mailbag pick for this week. Yeah, um, there's only really one option here. Um, I, I mean, I think. Um, so I I do want to hear uh, Gino's question. Sam, tell us more about the beer you're making. I mm. do want to hear that, um, but that doesn't that doesn't get all the fellas talking. So I do want to hear about that briefly um and maybe we can Joe, save that one for after the episode like before we you know before yeah, yeah. we all get off the zoom for the night yeah 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 uh just t- what kind of i what kind of beer are you making uh so we just bottled a ipa and uh our next beer that we're making is going to be a saison you're not going to make an Oktoberfest during Oktoberfest season? Uh, well, it's a little, I mean, we're not, yeah, we, don't like have time, we don't have time for this argument. We still have time for like the fall beer section. So that'll probably be the third beer. Third, We're going to do a darker beer for our third beer of the fall. Um, I, I, just a small PSA here. I have, um, I have lots of materials to brew beer in my, uh, my attic. So um, I'm happy to contribute and help you brew. Um, uh, Joe, I want you to know that Gino's second question here, um, is hostile and me loving you as much as I love you. I'm not going to have the boys speculate on this. Can the fellows talk about how bad Joe's life is going to be living and dying by the Broncos? We're not going to speculate on that. You know what, Joe, we love you. Okay. And we're here for you. We we talked about before the episode, find, trying to find somebody else to pick on. Yeah, um, and so then, we're not doing it, okay? And you can't make us. This, Gino just drops this heater here, and now we just like kind of can't turn away. Yeah, we're gonna turn away. We we want to, and we don't want to. I just want to clarify. We really, we really want to go into it, but we're not because we're better than that until probably next week, and then. <laughs> Who, who knows? If, if you lose, if you lose again because a Broncos player underperforms, we can't ignore it. I'll tell you that but, much. Another yeah, that's Brandon on you. McManus, another Brandon McManus missed field goal. Ooh, We've we have given you. We here here we at cards on the table. Whatever you need to do with that, you do with that, Joe. This right okay. here, this is called this is called an olive branch. Yeah, and growth. <laughs> uh, okay, so the mailback question of the week. What is the best 90s blockbuster movie? I just learned some of my work colleagues have never seen Jurassic Park, and that's my favorite. That comes from Mo. What's the start? Ooh, this is a really good one. First of all, shout out to Mo. Excellent question. I've got mine, and I'll preface this by saying this was just like 
knee-jerk reaction. I even had to check and make sure that it was a 90s movie, but um, Terminator 2. Mm. I'm going to go Terminator 2, um, probably one of the greatest summer blockbusters of all time. Um, 1991, I have probably seen that movie, oh man, at least 15, 20 times. Um, My honorable mention will go to Independence Day. Mm. Mm. There's just so many good movies that came out in the nineties. Um, okay. I'm going to, I'm going to list three and then I'll let you know which my, my winner was. So I was browsing. I, would, I was like real quick. I would also just say, I was thinking specifically blockbusters. I don't think those are the best movies of the nineties. Like I mm-hmm. probably would have put like Shawshank Redemption in there, but I don't think that's a blockbuster. Yeah. So I was, um, I was going for like blockbuster, you know, get, get, get people in the seats, not necessarily like award winners. Yeah, I think for me, I was, <laughs> granted, probably my age played a factor in this too, but um, the Toy Story franchise during that time, Toy Story mm-hmm. 1 and Toy Story 2, I think those are just like elite. Another one I would say is up there, um, shoot, uh, Pulp Fiction. Um, and then another one that I think of uh, right at the end of the, the 90s there, Men in Black. So oh, those yeah. are three that, that come to mind, and I'd probably lean uh, Toy Story just for the cultural impact that it had, you know, from even to today, what they're still doing, you know. So I think that's just uh, just really good, really good franchise. I'm going to do something that's similar. pretty elite pick, and honestly, I don't think you could have really gone wrong with, like, any of the 90s Disney yeah. movies, like Lion King, Aladdin, yeah the 90s i mean 90s like the the really thick plastic vhs like oh yeah just like just like elite movie house with those things that the only thing better than the like the the thick disney uh cases was the orange nickelodeon tapes Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, the Rugrats movie. Opening, opening up one of those Disney cases and then realizing that the VHS tape was a different color. Yeah, like if you open that bad boy up and it was white or something or orange or green, yeah. you're just like, "Wow, this is the coolest thing ever!" All my right. other VHS tapes are are black. It's like it's like the the nineties equivalent. I mean, they made it in the nineties, but like nowadays, when you when you open a new vinyl record, like you, like the, hardly any of them are black anymore. Like when you open them up, they got some kind of like color or tie-dye or you know it's it's super dope when you open you're like expecting a black record and then you get like a purple tie-dye you're like oh hell yeah <laughs> um i'm gonna do similar to sam four though and i'll pick two of my favorite so titanic yeah. um star wars episode one the phantom menace oh, that is 1999 isn't it mm-hmm. uh independence day as well um and forrest gump yeah. um that, i thought that was 80s Forrest Gump, no. Forrest Gump's like the mid-90s, like 94, 95, something like that. For some reason, I thought I always thought, I, I associated Forrest Gump with the late 80s. 94. Yeah, no, yeah, 94. Um, so, I will say, probably, I'm going to put Titanic at the top of this list. I was seven when Titanic came out, um, and I don't know that it's my favorite. My favorite of those four is probably Forrest Gump, just the rewatchability of it, and the classic lines. Um I think it's probably that, but I can remember a kid seeing three movies in the theaters. I can like remember being in the theater and it was star Wars episode one, Titanic and the lion King. Um, and so Titanic, I just like 
you couldn't escape it. Like it was, it was everywhere. I mean, Star Wars was too, but I think Titanic kind of came out of nowhere. And it's a, it was a sign of things to come for James Cameron. Like, you know, Avatar was the same way. Like Avatar just kind of came out of nowhere and became this gigantic movie. Um, but I just remember like it also kind of feeling like, like an obsession with the Titanic and like learning about the history of it. And like, so, um, and plus my heart will go on banger. Bop. Absolutely. Bop. That, that's, well, a, that's a good one. That's a good one because I, I watched the hell out of Titanic. Mm-hmm. Um, talking about VHSs, that movie was so long. You actually had two separate VHS tapes. Correct. And I remember like, if you wanted to do a rewatch, like you'd pop in the second tape and it'd be like a third of the way through and you'd be like, you got, mm, fuck, I got to go rewind this thing. And <laughs> you know, I'm, in, I'm in my zone right now. That, that's a good one. That's a, that's a good one because it was a blockbuster. It was the greatest selling movie of all time until Avatar. And it was an award winner. Yeah. Like you just cleaned up that. That's a good pick. I, man, I, I'm, I'm a little upset with myself that I didn't think about Titanic because I watched, the hell out of that movie. That's that's why Jay, um, Leonardo DiCaprio is my favorite actor now. Was that movie? Yeah, my dad was a was could be kind of a an asshole for for most of most of my life. But we were in Titanic. We were in the theater, and Kate Winslet scene where she's uh, where he's drawing me like a French girl. He like put his hand up over my eyes to block me, and then he went. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, if you can see at, at home, I yeah, exactly uh, he put his, he put his hand over my eyes and then slowly opened a finger so I could see, uh, <laughs> I could see through his hand and see uh, what a and what a set that was. I mean, goodness, that's exactly Se- seven year old Philly was was in hog heaven. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly how McCray is going to see his first pair of boobs right there. <laughs> Billy's going to be like real cheeky about it. Like Colby's going to be like, oh yeah, what a great dad. And then Billy's like, (laughs) (laughs) So go ahead, son. Well, that wraps up our mailbag. And we we have one last surprise for the listeners at home. We are starting a new segment as well. This will be a rotating segment that we're going to have. The first segment will be called Commission's Corner. Um, The second segment, Keith, if you're changing your name on this, Please correct me. Keith's weekly conundrum. And then Philly's section is still TBA. Uh, Philly's untitled section. That will be really important. Yes. <laughs> um, so for mine, uh, I'm kicking us off with commission's corner this week. Um, my sub segment is called who got that dog in them. Um, <laughs> and uh, I've been, I've been saving these for a while now. Um, so I, I will read off what I had been writing down um, as I'd been hearing about them. First is the uh, New York Jets starting quarterback, number two, Zach the Momslayer Wilson. He definitely got that dog in him uh, for obvious reasons. I think the second one I have, uh, Baker Mayfield, uh, I think it was last week uh, where he came out and had an interview and he said he's going to F up, uh, F them up referring to the Cleveland Browns and he almost did it. So I'm going to give him half a dog in him, probably like a dachshund. Um, I got the, okay. I got the audio cue for this one. If you want it. That's, that's pretty disrespectful. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, the last one for this week, if you want to, when do it? When... Maybe. What do you say to them? Yeah. They wrote me off. I ain't right back though. That's the problem. I ain't right back. Let's go. All right. <laughs>
Geno Smith with just an absolute classic quote. They wrote me off. I ain't right back, though. And I think he, after his performance on uh, Monday night, whether, you know, you know, just in the spotlight, taking over for Russ, he definitely got that dog in him. And oh, yeah. uh, Geno Smith is officially on the books for an MVP candidate. You can <laughs> you can put money on him now if you want to. So, Keith, you're in a... Put a future on Geno Smith. If you want to put a future on, I think he's like plus 8,000 or something like that. So, uh, let me, let you me, know. Let me give a quick look-see on this one. Let me just see me, what we got here. Give me the quick I, odds. Listen, I, I am fully on the camp that Geno Smith will most most certainly underperform next week and we'll forget all about this but what one of the all-time great post-game quotes that i can remember um just like somebody said in our chat earlier said like it sounds like a j cole lyric or um or certainly something that drake is going to have in one of his upcoming like probably like two weeks Drake's gonna have a song with this in it uh, just an elite line what are the odds at keith I can't find it. Hold on. Scenes are tough here. Wow. Low expectations sports book. <laughs> oh, there it is. Awards, MVP. Oh, he's not even listed. You can't even in DraftKings. Oof. You search Geno Smith. He's not even available. There are no awards for your search. Wow. Let's see. Looks like looks like um. Oh, there he is. There he is, actually. Okay, so plus eight thousand. So a five dollar bet would win you four hundred bucks. Not bad. A twenty dollar bet would get you sixteen hundred. A one hundred dollar bet, eighty one hundred. Yep. He, he kind of got that dog in him. So he got that dog in him, though. You know, I've got, I've got, I got twenty five bucks sitting in my DK balance right now. I might just go ahead and put this down just to, just to see. <laughs> Well, fellas, what a what a good what a good first week back. It's been it's been a pleasure. It's been an honor. Uh, it's just been a great time getting the fellas back together for another rousing season of friends and low expectations. We uh, we haven't before we sign off. I do want to point out um, after like five consecutive episodes where we were busting an hour wide open. This one's going to be like right at an hour. Um, one of yeah, our of one of our more streamlined episodes here, and I, I think we still did a great job content wise. And I think we're we've got we've got some new formats ready to keep our episodes streamlined. We're really excited about that. Um, excited about some upcoming guests uh, that we have for the show. So it it should be some some really rousing content. Like I said, so like I said, guys, great great first week back. Way to knock it out. Hey, one, one time for the boys though. We we haven't heard it all day, and I just I feel I feel icky. We didn't do it. Coral! <laughs> I was thinking into my head. I was like, he's going to do Coral, isn't he? <laughs> Had to. Had to be. Had to be. Just remember, folks, keep your standards Absolutely low and your expectations lower. We'll see you next week.